Hey there, and welcome to episode 5 of Wheel Snipe Selly. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Macris the Tater Jaeger. I'm Steven, also known as Sven Svechnikov. And I'm Lucas, also known as Lev Lebedev. So we got some more content for you here for the week two results from the juniors and of course as you heard special musical guest lev levadev so let's jump into our week two results so we're about halfway through most teams are about halfway through the season so we're 30 to 35 games in um what did you guys see any any more surprises in the how the standing shook out from last week um, I feel like everything's starting to level out a bit. Um, we, we've seen Kelowna just continue being Kelowna. Um, Newfoundland is starting to climb their way up. Um, Anaheim went from third to eighth in a week. Um, I think the team that I advised by is Maine. I really thought that they were going to make a pretty big jump up this season, and somehow they're below us, and we suck. Yeah, I think Maine is sitting at a negative 44 goal differential right now. And... Honestly, just very surprised at the beginning of preseason. I was expecting this to be a top contender, and they just continuously disappoint. That's harsh. Well, sometimes you need some tough. Sometimes you need some tough love. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I I really thought that they were going to be sniffing the top five this year. But I don't know what's going on there. Well, at least we're 50%, right? Newfoundland's looking pretty good now. Took them a little while, but... Yeah, I think they just had some bad luck initially, but that sort of thing just tends to level out. Yeah, can we take a second to look at Detroit? Because I definitely had Detroit like in our grouping of like fifth sixth seventh and i mean halfway through they're looking actually pretty good i mean our record against them is like proof that they are not in our group (laughs) yeah i i think they're overperforming right now um I expect to see him drop a bit, but I mean, they're doing pretty good for themselves so far. They still have a really weak goalie core, and I don't know, just not a lot about Detroit really jumps out to me as exceptional, but they've obviously got a pretty solid team. I mean, we only lost by, like, one point in most of the games that we lost to them. Yeah, we're just, we're a half step behind them, I think. I think a lot of it has to do with their schedule, too. I mean, if you take a look at their last few games, um, I mean, they lost to Newfoundland, but they're beating Maine, they're beating us, they're beating Nevada, um, St. Louis, like their last string of games just seems to be the lower end of the leaderboard. But when they face those higher up teams like Anchorage, Newfoundland, uh, I mean, they're dropping games to them. And so I think just a lot of it has to do with their first 
half of the season's schedule. I think when we see them face uh, some more teams like Kelowna, um, Colorado, uh, we'll probably see them drop back down to where they're expected to be. Yeah, that's kind of been uh, what I've been hoping for. Um, I know I feel like our first half of the schedule is kind of brutal. I feel like last week we played no one but Anchorage and Detroit and Kelowna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, we definitely went through the ringer. So I think we're obviously still growing. We have a pretty large rookie core. And we're getting, hopefully, to the easier part of our schedule. So maybe we won't look like we suck so much. Let's hope. I don't know. Next week we got what Newfoundland again. We've got we got a St. Louis game. Not to, not that we didn't just lose one of those last week, but. <laughs> um. Yeah. It looks like we have Maine, Quebec City, a lot of St. Louis games coming up. Those should all be pretty close, and I think especially after this last update, probably a lot more promising for us. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like our our remaining schedule is kind of dominated by Quebec City, Anaheim, Maine, uh, St. Louis. So I think we'll look a lot better than how we looked in the first half. We still have like three Kelowna games, right? Something like that. Maybe we can snag a win sometime that we don't deserve. Yeah, everyone loses to Kelowna, so there's no shame in that. I mean, they're bound to get unlucky sometime, and we're bound to get lucky sometime. So, I mean, yeah, but we'll them. probably we'll probably just get lucky versus St. Louis and win like 13 to nothing or something, and then lose <laughs> our next games by one point. <laughs> Let's not be real here. <laughs> Kelowna got unlucky the day they took Colorado out back and shot him in the head seven times and then proceeded to do the same thing to Anaheim, but then somehow got blown the fuck out by St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, it happens. FHM will do what, the, do what it does. Um, other than that, I I feel like Everyone's more or less in the spot that I kind of expect them to be. Um, I expected us to be a little bit better, but not a lot better than what we are. Like We've lost a ton of games by one goal. We've lost a handful of games in the last minute. Um, so I think we're better than our record is, but not by much. We had a couple uh, pretty disappointing overtime losses as well. Yeah. I'm not surprised by how our season has been shaping up. And I still think that we're looking at a good playoff push but we're probably not looking too good going into the playoffs. I mean, we'll talk later, but we did we had a pretty good update, and we got a couple more weeks of updates to come through, so we could have some some good growth. Yeah. Plus, we knew going into the season that it was going to be a building season for us, and I think we've had a few pleasant surprises uh, out of our rookies so far. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to be a surprise powerhouse in playoffs as opposed to, you know, dominating and using up all our luck in the regular season. Yeah, I I feel like we we're definitely trending towards hitting our stride at the end of the season, which is where you, exactly where you want to hit it. I don't know. I kind of want to be Kelowna and be in my stride the entire time. But... 
that'll I mean, be us next season. I think we haven't really talked about it, but this is basically what Kelowna did last season too, and they didn't even make it to the finals. Like the only reason it's more notable now is because at least last season Kelowna had some competition with Quebec City. And this season, they don't really have another team that's rising up to compete with them. But, I mean, if they're not even going to make it to the finals again, what does it even matter? Going straight for the throat, are you, Steven? <laughs> like, we're on a pretty similar pace as we were last season. And we took them to seven games in the playoffs last season and lost in the last two minutes in game seven. So what I'm getting at is regular sh- regular season doesn't mean shit. I mean, that's accurate. Especially in the Jays, because everyone's going to the playoffs, but... I just feel like uh, they're following a similar trajectory. We're following a similar trajectory. Maybe we'll actually beat them in Game 7 this year. Where do you think we'll be TPE-wise compared to they are in the playoffs? (laughs) Not even close. The the thing that's really hurting us this year is we don't... I think we have, like, three players at the 425 cap. So, and we have, like, five or six at 350, and the rest are rookies. Rookies or inactives. So, we just... We don't have the the strong top two lines to carry a handful of rookies or inactives. Whereas Kelowna basically has three capped lines. And then it doesn't even matter what warm bodies they throw out there on the fourth line. Yeah, and even then their fourth line rookies are... Their rookies are almost top of the class for TPE anyways. So their fourth line is potentially being manned by what? Soteru, Sotoru Gojo with an O, not an I. <laughs> They're drafted rookies at 272 TPE. Get the hell out of here. They only picked up two rookies. Yeah, it just means that they're they're gonna be hurting in a season or two. But I think they're going all out for a cup this year. Yeah, I mean I don't see them having realistically a ton of major competition for that. I, I think Newfoundland should be doing Better and they might end up catching a little bit up to Kelowna, but I think Kelowna's going to finish the season first place. I think it'd be hard for them to lose it at this point. Oh, yeah. They just kind of have to stop playing games today. Yeah, I don't think anyone's getting close to them for first place. First four buys, right? Yeah. Yep. Many... First four buys. Uh, second four get home ice in the the first round, and then once the second round hits, the first four will have home ice. Okay. Does every team make it to playoffs? Yes. Okay. 
yeah, I could legitimately see Newfoundland, Cal, and Colorado definitely all taking a first round bye with like Anchorage probably that last spot. Yeah. I I don't think Colorado's gonna make it into the top four. No, they're sitting seventh right now. And they've got games up on most people. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Kelowna, Newfoundland, Anchorage, and then a pretty even toss up between Detroit and Carolina. Probably Detroit. Yeah, they have the advantage of leading. Yeah, Carolina seems like they have a pretty tough second half of their season here. They face Anchorage a lot. They're facing Colorado a lot. Uh, They have a lot of games against Maine, who I know are at the bottom right now, but I think Maine still has the potential to do well. I've been a little bit surprised at how well Quebec City has been doing. Um, I feel like they looked really weak at the beginning of the season and in preseason, and I really expected them to be weak, but they're sitting pretty well up there in sixth. I'm just upset that a team with 10 rookies is doing so well. Yeah, I think that's the difference between their team and our team is they have a lot more people at 425. Whereas, like, we do not. (laughs) That's why I think that will look so good next season. Because we'll go from having three people at the cap to, like, eight or nine. Yeah, Quebec City has nine people available for cap. I don't know how many of them are, but they at least can be. Um. Uh, so, how do you think that Vancouver will end the season? Where in the standings-ish. Well, at the beginning of the year, I definitely was leaning in, like, the 5-6 range. Closer to 5, I feel, is where I was kind of putting us. I'm starting to think that if we take 7th, we did pretty well in the back half. Teams that I wasn't necessarily thinking were going to be as good have been better than I expected, and I think... We had some unfortunate strength of schedule with some of the people we were against. I think if we defaced Detroit later in the season, after another update, I think we had a good chance of having the opposite record against them. So, I think I don't think we'd be switched in the standings, but I think that if we would have faced Kelowna six times in the first half instead of Detroit we might have a better, like, an even better second showing. Yeah. I still put us right about the seventh point at the end of the season. I think we'll we'll get better. I just don't think we're going to get as much better as I had originally anticipated. How about you, Lucas? I want to be a little optimistic here and say that I still see us in that 5-6 range. Um... Just because I like the way that we're we're growing right now. Every update seems to be noticeably better for us. Um, we've already talked about how we've had a lot of really close one-goal games. Um, having a little bit of bad luck in OT losses. Um, the second half of our schedule is looking a lot easier than the first half. Um, like we talked about, we had a pretty bad string of uh, tough games there against Anchorage and Detroit 
we do face Kelowna here a lot in the second half of the season. And if we could buy an upset against them, uh, I think it would really be beneficial towards us. Maybe we'll get lucky and face them on a day they're tired or something, you know. Um, <laughs> so overall, I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think that we definitely have the potential to still stand where we originally expected. Yeah, I, I'll split the middle. Um, I, I see us right around six or seven. Um, if we would have taken a couple of those one goal games, then I think it would have been more feasible for us to be in the five six range. But we're sitting like ten points down right now. That's that's a lot of ground to make up. Um, I think we will get closer. I just don't think that we'll be able to overtake four different teams before the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think but, we have games left to play for us to make a, a huge jump. I mean, but you never know. Maine's lost like eight games in a row or something, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's really sad I like their goal song and I just don't get to hear it anymore because they stop scoring. <laughs> <laughs> the harshest burn. <laughs> um, and I guess hot off the presses um, seems like we're going to be having a, a new general manager in Vancouver. Um, Boom has taken a co-GM position in Edmonton. So, sounds like we're going to have a new boss. Um, we lost Boom to gain Boom. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't want to lose us, so he went to Edmonton to be with us. I think... I'm hoping Dex gets the GM position. I think he's been doing a really good job as a, a co-GM. So I, I feel like it's a, a no-brainer, but I don't know about these things. Um, I really don't know who would take over as a co-GM, though. Seems like a really bad time to try and find a GM and or co-GM. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through the season. Um, it's definitely going to shake things up having um, either a you know, new GM or new co-GM come in and have to, you know, learn the lines and um, what roles to put each player and have to run practice sims, things like that. Yeah, unless that new co-GM were Steven, in which case he would already have a lot of that down hint hint wink wink uh, dude i've been trying to stumble my way through fhm and the only thing i'm really good at doing is making us worse <laughs> i i was feeling pretty confident because when i first started playing around with it i was like oh i can reliably get us into the fifth sixth seventh range and then I started playing around with it more, and I'm just like, oh, so that's how we become absolutely last in the league. <laughs> See, you're a natural. <laughs> if we want high draft picks, I'm your guy. I mean, I'm just trying to shoehorn you into a position of power so that I can try and exploit you for it. <laughs> I, I've been dabbling in it but I don't think I'm ready for a position like that can you be a player and GM? yeah okay. you uh, you just have to have your player be on the team that you're GMing okay that's why you'll see like uh some joke draft picks at the very end of a draft because they're not actually eligible for the draft but they want to 
draft him at the very end of the draft just because. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be exciting. Um, we could have just some complete new ideas brought into the locker room. Could be good, could be bad. Who knows? I'm immediately against change in all forms. <laughs> but congrats to Boom. Um, graduating up to the big leagues. But now he has Hell to yeah. Keegan. Yeah. Sucks to I feel like he's... I feel like he's probably been helping out already. It's just official now. Um, Deacon doesn't actually listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, so I guess next thing on the list would be to talk about some rookies. Um, feel like you've got a bunch of data on rookies, Ryan. Want to take it over? Yeah, I've got some some stuff I want to say. I don't know if I want to say it, but I've uh, I've been looking at stuff because I wanted to see uh, who, as a rookie, has been making, I guess, like impacts and and been you know benefiting their team the most. Um, and I actually, so I have a question for you guys. Now I need you to give me a pretty basic answer so I can sound smart. But I want to know what you think the most important stat for a goalie is. Uh, save percentage. Yeah, I probably agree. Okay. So, to sound really smart, I'm going to give an answer that isn't even a stat on the stat sheet. And I'm going to say consistency to me is the most important thing for a goalie. What is this, a job interview? How do you how do you measure consistency? <laughs> Good question. How do we measure consistency? So, I'm going to look at stats here real quick for the goalies that are currently rookies so the rookie goalies because we haven't given goalies any love in the podcast because i haven't been collecting stats on them because i'm lazy but i did so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk some goalie stuff uh so i think save percentage is a really important percent it's a really important metric of course uh not letting the puck in the goal pretty big deal so by that standpoint uh kevin newman has the highest save percentage among the rookies, 94%, which is pretty impressive, except he's only actually played one game, and that save percentage is only for 38 shots against him. So to I look at consistency as, is it repeatable? And as much as I want to say Olaf is the best rookie goalie, which actually Olaf is probably the best rookie goalie, hands down uh the most consistent rookie goalie i see is probably guy uh over in anchorage and i'm really upset because i never want to give anchorage props in anything but he's definitely played the most he's played the most rookie goalie games he's been in for the longest time his record is above 50 percent, which is pretty good so he's only at an 89 percent save percentage but consistently he's good and that's unfortunate but that's why Anchorage is better than us I feel like you're you're stretching it there if you're below 90% you can't call him good I think he's on a good team that is also true but he takes the most shots against him of any of the rookie goalies and has made the most saves I think there's a lot of other factors that you can take into effect, like how good is the team's defense? And Anchorage seems to have a pretty strong defensive line. Oh, yeah. And the and the other aspect is uh, 
if a goalie's played a lot of games and been in a lot, but taken very few shots because his team is always on offense, then how good is the goalie, right? So I base my statement purely off of that he has taken the most shots and made the most saves and still holds a high save percentage and a surprisingly high goals against average compared to other players in the league of rookie status. Olaf, on the other hand, has played a fair number of games. He's actually played 18 of our games so far, and he's really good, 90, 92% save percentage. So any everyone that slept on Olaf, going to be sorry about that. I'm sorry about that, because I slept on Olaf for a little bit. <laughs> he actually has the lowest goals against average, too. Yeah. He's, uh... Well, he has the lowest reasonable goals against average. Yeah. I think we just throw out anyone who has less than five games played. Yeah. Again, consistency. See, you got it. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta at least have ten games played before, like your stats to actually start to mean anything. Because then you're establishing patterns. Yeah. See, if you want to be a real analyst, you gotta keep using the word consistency, though. You establish <laughs> consistency. I don't know. You kind of just sound like a job recruiter to me. I watched analysts analyze things and was like, man, they use the word consistency a lot. <laughs> I want to sound important, so this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Just make sure you're consistent in how you measure your consistency. Yeah. So now no, I, I like I I'm being a straight up Homer here, but I don't think it's even a stretch or like by every measurable statistic, Olaf has been the best rookie goalie, and he's been better than a lot of not rookie goalies this season. I'm pretty sure he's still he's either at first or second in the league in save percentage. And that's impressive to me, considering the fact that not only does he have a losing record, but we have a losing record. Yeah, I mean he's pulling this off with a really shaky team in front of him. Like, I will let this shoot at Olaf all day if it means that our offense is down there being offensive. Well, if they're shooting at Olaf, then we're not being offensive. I am. Maybe that's the problem. I'm down there screening the other goalie while Olaf's taking shots. <laughs> Maybe we figured out the problem. <laughs> okay, well, I've given rookie goalies enough love. That's that's what you get, rookie goalies. Uh, it's more than they've got all year. That's all they'll get this year. <laughs> I'm sure I'll talk about them again when I need filler time. So, but the real highlight of the section, I think, is going back to who's making the most contribution to their team. So, there's definitely a couple players that I think are making some pretty big contributions to their team. And I, of course, have to start out with our homeboy, Lev Lebedev. Over here in, in the Vancouver. flesh. What? In the flesh. Yeah. Over here in Vancouver. Surprised you pronounced it correctly. I'm actually looking right at it, so I <laughs> sounded it out as I said it. Because I definitely <laughs> throw V's in there where there aren't V's. Yeah, I was listening to last week's podcast at work, and I heard you uh, struggling with the name. I struggle with everybody's name. There's a reason that I am the stats talker and not the name talker. 
But either way, Lev is tied for third in the goal leader of the rookies, which I think is pretty impressive considering the fact that we have a losing record and a negative shot different or goal differential. And even what, uh, so Latrell McDonald's holding the lead in that with Anchorage for 13 points. Okay, so Anchorage has a rookie with 13 points. Anchorage is scoring a lot of points. It's not super surprising to me. Yeah. So I think Latrell is contributing a lot to his team, but I think Lev is contributing more to our team considering the fact that we're doing poorly, but yet he's still showing up and uh the fifth place person for goals is actually never broke again young boy out here with eight so i mean we've actually got two vancouver players two vancouver rookies in the top five goal scorers for rookies yeah that's pretty promising and Young boy's assists are pretty high up there too. So he's sitting at a total of 17 points, which is also very high up in the rookie ranks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially for a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking to somebody who is an offensive defenseman, you've told me before how challenging that can be, especially yeah. the beginning. Yeah, I was stuck at, like, six points for the first half of the season and ended with 22. And he's, what, at 17 already, you said? Yes. Like, he's on a killer pace. Yeah, so currently the point totals, we got Latrell McDonald from Anchorage is at 21 points. So he's definitely showing up. Uh, JJ Jameson, J. I'm sorry, JJ James Jameson Angler with uh, Maine is at 19 points, and then we got Lev and Never Broke Again at 18 and 17 respectively. Unfortunately for young boy, he is not going to be able to take any more shots on goal this season because he's already a 69. <laughs> nice. Also, Latrell is at 69, so they're both done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news. We won't have to worry about them anymore. Um, I'm kind of surprised by JJ. He's on Maine, so I'm pretty sure he's probably in a similar boat as uh, Love here and just kind of carrying his team out of nowhere. Yeah, anyone who's scoring well with a losing record is doing a lot of work. That really the rest of the team should be doing to support them. I... I think we would be in a lot worse shape if we didn't have Lev and Young Boy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of line JJ's on, but I feel like a lot of my success is attributed to my line. Because um, I know Tater is pretty much a face-off god and is pretty much always getting us the puck. And uh, it's just seems to be kind of a little bit of a perfect storm i know my pdo is a little bit high right now at like 104 or such so i think i'm a little bit above where i should be and have a bit of luck on my side um but i definitely didn't see i didn't see being at 18 points this far into the season so i'm kind of excited to see how the second half looks yeah, it looks like JJ's been getting a lot of time on the power play. Um, that's where a lot of his points have come from. Yeah, he's got three power play points. So, some players that I'm actually really surprised that I don't see 
much any of my like leaderboards, if you will, of like the top five or top ten players per team um, are Duncan and High. Uh, Stephen, how do you say High's last name again? Because you're the only one that I can they can say. Hi, Hachdi. Yeah, and then Duncan the Walrus. And the only reason I'm surprised not to see them is because they lead the team, they lead the rookie class in TPE, but their stats aren't actually impressive overall compared to everyone else. And that's not necessarily to say they're doing poorly, but yeah, I I don't know how high Hachdi is built, but I know Duncan is just a straight up defensive defenseman. So and also that's, on main. that's never going to look too great on scorecards. Yeah. Unless you're looking at like hits and shot box and stuff. Yeah. I, I realized that when I scrolled over to my hits, he is third in hits, but even shot blocks, he's not, he's not on the list. Lev is on the list for shot blocks. But neither Duncan or High are. And that being said, neither of them fight, which I'm really disappointed when people don't fight. That's why we like Robot. Yeah. I think a, a lot of uh, Duncan's stats can probably be attributed to the uh, eight loss streak that Main had. Yeah. Yeah, between that and the fact that, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier outside of the podcast, but what is uh, 10 to even 20 TPE between 270 and 250? Like, that's not actually a huge difference in that range. You know, so he's sure he's top, right? They're both the top of the class by one TPE. That's not going to change the fact that the Sim's going to do what the Sim's going to do. Yeah, the important thing with all the rookies is you want to get somebody that's going to be updating and active and doing the PTs every week because then you have someone who's in the 250 to 270 range right now instead of the 180 to 200 range. Yeah. And then there is an, a legitimate difference. Right. And I mean, I still see both Duncan and High as first-round picks in the upcoming draft. Like, even if they have piss-poor seasons, they no one's going to pass up a high-earner. Yeah. Unless the high-earner is, like, an absolute pain. But I know Duncan is new, and I'm not sure about High. I think we talked about this. I think he's a, I think he's fresh. I think he's a new player, also. I believe you're right. Speaking of the draft, um, we finally got some news on the SHL expansion. Uh, it looks like we're gonna have two new teams in Philadelphia and Montreal for this upcoming draft. Um, I would not, like, I'm not jealous of all the work that they have to do to put those teams together and not a lot of time, because they're basically just going to be doing two drafts, um, with the, what is it called? Like, taking, uh taking players from existing teams and then jumping right into the SHL draft, which is probably going to be not that much later. Um, How's it going to work with them getting draft picks? I'm not exactly sure yet. I don't know if anyone's actually thought that far ahead yet. I know they're getting one of the lottery picks. So they're going to have a pick in the top four. Um, outside of that, I don't know exactly where they 
land. Um, they did adjust the divisions and the playoff format for the SHL too. Um, so they're splitting up the Great Lakes division in the SHL, which is good because so the Great Lakes division is uh, let me make sure I get this right. It's Hamilton, Chicago, Buffalo, and Toronto. And they're pretty consistently like four of the top five teams in the league. But just by way of how the playoffs are done in the SHL, one of them misses the playoffs every season. Because there are no wild cards. Um, but they are introducing wild cards next season. so. At least the the best teams will have another chance, even if they are in a hellish division, which I think is a good thing. Um, so I know you're going to be eligible for the draft this season or this off season, Lucas. Have you put any thought into where you want to go? Does the expansion change it in any way for you? <laughs> Um, I think it would be interesting to start off on one of the newer teams. Um, not a big Philadelphia fan, but Montreal, I think would be fun. Um, just to kind of like be there from the start and, you know, help the team grow. I think yeah. it, would, it would be a, a very like fun and interesting career. Um. If that wasn't an option, I think joining you guys on Edmonton would be really good. I feel like I just already know quite a few people with Edmonton, and uh, I think expanding that camaraderie would make SHL a lot more enjoyable. But either way, I'm I'm excited to to see where I end up. Yeah, I, I feel like being drafted into an expansion team would uh it'd be an experience cuz at least there's no real expectations for an expansion team right off the bat mm-hmm. so like if you're good it's awesome if you're bad no one cares yeah i feel like it would definitely take realistically a couple seasons for an expansion team to really hit its stride um but i think just building that team would be gratifying yeah um i know both me and ryan are are protected from being exposed to the expansion teams so you should call it. We don't have to worry about that. How are you guys <laughs> protected? Uh, all the players that were drafted in the last draft can't be exposed. Okay. I think it's 58 and 59 are safe. Yeah. Because it would feel bad if you like did a bunch of research on prospects and then just have to give them up. Because it's not like we've actually played for Edmonton yet. They're kind of just banking on us being good eventually. Hopefully. Joke's on them. <laughs> um, so, uh, with the new teams, they basically... How does it work with them taking players from other teams? Are they, like, buying those players out? Pretty much, yeah. Um, Basically, I think every team has to expose two players off of their roster. Um, And then the expansion teams will just kind of do, like, a, a Red Rover kind of thing. Where they just... 
go down the line and pick players that they want on their team until they either have like a certain number of picks done or no one's left. So it it'll be a way for teams to potentially get out of paying people that are too expensive for them. Because um, maybe there's there's probably teams out there that are looking into rebuilding next season but still have actually good players on their team. And it would make sense to expose those kind of players because then they can have a chance to go play somewhere else and not have to age out during a rebuild. That makes sense. Do you think we'll see any trickle-down effects of this into the SMJHL? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I feel like... So right now, uh, I think most people play four seasons in the Jays before they're called up. Um, now that there's two more entire rosters, uh, they might actually be calling people up a season sooner. Like maybe we'll see the the effective cap lowered a little bit as far as TPE goes. Yeah. So that would have a pretty big effect on the Jays because then you'd have a lot less people sitting at the cap. Right. It would definitely narrow your cup window down quite a bit, too. Yeah. Kelowna couldn't be good for multiple seasons. <laughs> I think it would be pretty interesting. It's hard to tell how it's going to affect everything right now, but I think it is going to affect both leagues. Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's hard to affect one without affecting the other in some way, just based on how they're set up. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just going to make people care about the juniors even less because they're there they're not there as long. Yeah. I I kind of get it, but I I feel like I'll I'll always like the whalers. Oh yeah. Can't forget your roots, you know. Yeah. It's been a, a fun environment. So even though I'm not going to be there as long as I would in Edmonton, I'll still hang around. Um, and I guess the, the last thing we have here is uh, our, our weekly fantasy update. How's yours looking, Ryan? I don't even... I can't... Bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how it went so bad for you. I don't either. I'm normally really good at just like picking random people and them being good. I, I'm gonna do a bit of a, a brag here, but I've actually got the tenth best team in the league. Um, so far, uh, it's basically just because I got to pick first and I got Lyle Odeline the third, and he's basically two players. It's just straight up cheating. You heard it. He's cheating. Disqualify. <laughs> like if you look at the the fantasy leaderboards right now, the like the pattern for everyone in the top 15 basically is that they have Lyle Odeline the third 
I mean, if you get disqualified out, I move into a fourth place position, so. And I know that we've talked about fantasy TPE before and how it's probably not a great thing. I would like to completely go 180 on that opinion. Fantasy TPE is great. It should never leave. And it is in no way affected by my current position. <laughs> Lyle carry me to plus 10 TPE. God, you're going to be 64 TPE ahead of me because you guessed right on that stupid Rangers 3-on-3. Three three. <laughs> uh, I, I was pretty happy uh, I picked up Alexander Washter um, pretty early on in the season, and he's he's been doing pretty good. He's actually the goal leader in the SHL right now. Um, and it looks like I gained 50 points on that swap, which is basically how much I'm ahead in the league right now in our in our group, at least. Yeah, it really surprises me how many, we kind of talked about this, but like how many really good players are currently available. Yeah, I'm glad it doesn't seem like anyone else is really paying attention because a handful, I think me and you are the only ones that have made swaps in our group. Oh no, one other guy has. But he didn't make a very good swap. Hey, that's why I'm in fifth now. Yeah, you're getting pretty close to actually getting some TP. I think you're still a ways out from fourth, though. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. definitely gonna take some fancy playing or like one of these people just getting disconnected from the server completely <laughs> a, a handful of surprise retirements yeah <laughs> in no way doing this retirement because some fat dude broke into my apartment and is threatening me it's like, well, you heard him. All right. Trying to follow this sheet can also be somewhat challenging just because, like, Google Sheets is not quite as user-friendly. Yeah, it, it took a little while to um, know what I was looking at here, but you get used to it after a while, as with most things on the site. Mm -hmm. Not everything is immediately user-friendly, but once you dive into it a little bit, it all starts to get clear. I think that's about all I've got today. Um, either of you guys have anything to add? I don't think so. Nothing from me. Alright. You want to play us out, Ryan? Yeah, so I guess the next week we can look at week three. Um, see how things are shaping up. And, as, of course, we'll always be able to evaluate some more rookies, shame me for my poor fantasy picks, and uh, maybe have another guest appearance. Uh, I think Lev's working next week, so we'll see who else we can rope in. Um, if you want to be a guest, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you.
Um, and as always, from everyone here at Wheel Snipe Sully, stay hockey. <laughs>